0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Norfolk, Virginia, with a combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Norfolk, plus syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre-recorded real estate investing classes, not all of them specific to Norfolk. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. Well, good afternoon and welcome, everyone. I am your host, James Orr, and this is a very different class. So if you're listening to this on one of the podcasts and you're expecting real estate investing content, this is not the class for you. This is really an overview of what has happened in the last year with our real estate investing podcast and what's going on. So this is sort of a uh, a peek behind the curtain a kind of build in public kind of uh, presentation about like where we came from and where we're headed in the next, I don't know, seven years or so. So this is the one year anniversary. It is uh, May 20th, 2023. We launched our first episode of the real estate investing uh, podcast series that we're doing for all these different cities. So I wanted to kind of give people an overview of what we've accomplished in the last year. So if uh, that is not of interest to you, you should fast forward to this podcast episode uh, because it is not for you. I will share with you uh, some information. We're going we're gonna to talk about the milestones that we've achieved over the last year, uh, what's working, what's not working, and what I see happening in the future. Um, I should point out, though, before I get too far, that everything I'm about to say that is forward-looking in any way is subject to change. So you should not look at this as James promise that he is going to do X, Y, and Z. <clears throat> I've been um I've been a little bit fickle in kind of like where we're going with this and how it all works. Uh so realize that all this stuff is subject to change and there are no promises being made. So uh, if you're relying on this to see what happens in the future, uh please don't. Uh but I will talk to you about what has happened and the direction I think we're heading in, and you can kind of see that. So that's the agenda. So let's just jump right into it. So a couple uh, podcast milestones we're going to start with. So we started the a, a different version of this podcast, the 304 City-Specific Real Estate Investing Podcast. Before that, we actually started working on the Real Estate Financial Planner group of podcasts. There was the primary podcast. There was an Inside the Numbers podcast. Podcast, which uh, walked you through how to do the analysis on the real estate financial planner. There was the insider, and then there was the advanced version, which did Monte Carlo simulations of real estate investing strategies and probabilistic thinking of how you would perform with stuff like that. We um we did we started that on April sixth of twenty twenty two, and I continued to make episodes up until October fourth, twenty twenty two. We did twenty four episodes total. And as of today, we have 1,109 downloads for the primary podcast. The other ones I didn't go look at stats for um, because we primarily discontinued that. And I primarily replaced it with the 304 City-Specific Real Estate Investing Podcast, which I launched the first episode of that on May 20th. So there was a period of time when I was overlapping these. I had both of them going at the same time. And one of them was intended to be almost all modeling type stuff, which is the one we largely discontinued. And then as I thought about it, I was like, you know, doing modeling, but doing it for just one city leaves like all these other cities where those numbers don't apply kind of in the dark. And so one of the reasons why I switched over to doing city specific modeling and doing city specific analysis of you know, how deals are analyzed there and how all the different strategies play out in different markets with different prices and rents and things like that um, was because the other group had like this generic one in just one city. It's one of the frustrations I have. I'm going to Hold on, put, put me on pause for a second. Sorry, I had like a little tickle. So one of the things that I think is frustrating is when real estate investing books or a podcast goes over numbers for a market um, or a market from a long time ago, like you can't compare, you know, a year ago or two years ago when interest rates were very different to what we're seeing today. It's just not the same. And so that's one of the reasons why. I'm doing all the analysis and the modeling that we're doing, and I'm trying to express to people that you need to look at each individual market. But that's a probably topic for another class. So, the, so we started the 304 city-specific real estate investing podcast. Um, there's 304 different cities. Uh, a lot of the content is shared. So there's like classes that are general in nature, like you know how to do certain things and how to think about certain things and certain concepts. And then there's very specific city-specific stuff about analysis for that particular city, and sometimes it's the class that teaches a generic concept, and then the show notes, it links back to the very specific cities modeling to that, so, and I want to do even more city-specific content where it is the only unique and only published to that individual city, and so that's coming at some point, but uh, I'm, I'm slowly getting to that point. You'll see kind of what's going on here, so we published our first episode of that on May 20th. 2022 that is still active we have 49 episodes released through today i've recorded 87 episodes of that so there are a whole bunch of episodes that are scheduled to be released so right now the last one i published is uh, due to be released on february 9th 2024 so we're like whatever that is, uh, seven, eight, like almost nine months ahead. And by the end of this quarter, quarter two, 2023, we will be a full year ahead of schedule. So like, even if I didn't teach another single class, you would have content for the next year scheduled to be released automatically because they're already done for all those. And then in addition to the 304 City Podcast for Q2, I also started a separate podcast for servingrealestateinvestors.com. This is the podcast for agents and lenders and other professionals that want to help add value to and work with real estate investors in their local markets. And so I've been doing live daily weekday webinars, a podcast and a separate Substack just for that. I started that this quarter, quarter two, 2023. There are 33 episodes published so far. I'll give you some stats on that here in a little bit. I hope to have about 50 episodes by the end of Q2 And then I'm going to reevaluate. So I don't expect to continue teaching those classes daily. I don't expect to have the same production schedule for those. So be on the lookout for what happens there. So those are some of the podcast milestones that we've got so far. So I'm just going to quickly run through each quarter's milestones. So you can see like our growth through the last year or so. So um, quarter two of last year, 2022, for the city-specific podcast at that time, I wrote and started using an API in order to be able to publish the three hundred four separate city podcasts, and I published the first five episodes. So the first five episodes happened uh, in Q two of twenty twenty two. I also created a rough draft of a new spreadsheet for the uh, should I sell my or should I sell or refi my rental property, and that was uh, new intellectual property, new content that we are creating. And so there is a draft for that. That, as you'll see here in a little bit, is going to be the next series of classes that we're doing about what you should do with equity in your property. So property values have gone up a lot. Um, You know, your, your mortgages are being paid down very aggressively if you had old loans on them with low interest rates. So the amount of equity you have in your property is increasing. And so how do you think about that equity? How do you redeploy it, especially when the market is as it is right now and it's really hard to find positive cash flowing properties? So what do you do about that? So we're going to do a whole series of classes on that. But that is coming and I built the spreadsheet like a year ago now um, to kind of start down that process and I put it aside as I work on other things, but we are coming back to that. As far as coding goes at the time, I I do my own programming. By the way, it's just me. It's just a one man shop doing this business right now. Um, And that's how I intended to stay for a while. I'll talk about that a little bit here. So I'm doing all the programming, I'm doing all the podcast creation, I'm doing all the um, classes, all the publishing, all that stuff is is all me. Uh, All the graphic work, everything basically that's happening is is my stuff at this point. So all the coding that was done in 2022, Q2, I was improving the Monte Carlo modeling and the comparison software because we were doing a lot of that with the real estate financial planner software that we uh, um, are no longer using for that. And we're no no longer doing the podcast for it, but the software still exists and you can definitely do some Monte Carlo stuff with it. Um, we did city specific modeling for the podcast. So before I started doing this coding, we could not, it wasn't easy for us to do the modeling for the 304 cities. So I wrote a ton of code about being able to do all the modeling for, you know, ultimately a couple hundred different scenarios for each city. So there'll be, you know, different strategies we're doing and testing things in different cities. And so I wrote all that software and uh, we have about, I don't know, probably mid twenties of the scenarios that I want to do of probably hundred to 200. I, th- I think I'm going to get well over a hundred. Um, and so we've got a whole bunch of those. You can go see those right now, real estate realestatefinancialplanner.com forward slash model. And it will allow you to go look up your city and see the stuff that I've done. And I'll keep adding to that over time. Uh, I began coding the podcast analytics, which I'll show you some stats from today. I wrote that about a year ago and I continue to work on that. And then I improved a bunch of real estate financial planner charts and I had a bunch of miscellaneous error and bug fixes and improvements to the software, which I'm not going to go into detail on that. We also launched three brand new rules for real estate financial planner software. One is paying off owner-occupant properties if that means you will be financially independent. You know, For those that are thinking about, you know, if I pay off my owner-occupant property, will that make me FI? And when does that happen? And should I do that when I'm doing my modeling? So we added a rule for that. We also added a rule for adding lump sum income every X months. So if you're doing a fix and flip and you want to have a you know $30,000 pop show up in your account when you're doing the real estate financial planner models on your own portfolio, um, and you wanted to have like you know $30,000 show up in your account every four months because that's how frequently you're flipping properties, we can now do that. That was a new rule we added back in Q2 of 2022. And then sell my owner-occupant property after owning it for X months. That's usually associated with somebody who's doing some type of nomad strategy in combination with, um, you know, selling a property after living there for two years or selling a property that you're doing a lease option on or something like that. So that was a pretty powerful new rule that you people could do stuff with. And then selling rental properties after renting them for a specific period of time. This is allowing people to once they convert a property to a rental owning it for a certain amount of time, and then selling it. It's a way to optimize for return on equity, which is related in some ways to the should I sell or refi my rental property that we're going to get to eventually. So that was a year ago. I mean, that was basically this quarter of last year that we worked on all that stuff. And in that quarter, I worked uh, 549 hours, and I had a productivity rating of 70. I track all my time. I work from one computer, and I installed um, tracking software for myself that tracks Every application I've opened and how long it's open for, and I categorize each one of the applications into business, distraction or entertainment, communication, scheduling, design, competition, uh, composition, and software development so that I can see how productive I am. And so uh, for that quarter, quarter two of 2022, I worked for 549 hours and 47 minutes, and my productivity pulse was 70. So about 70% of my work uh, was productive work. This is just some examples of some of the things we made during then, you know, some new intellectual property about uh, analyzing different strategies and comparing them as to how long they take to be financially independent. So that was just an example of that. Okay, moving on to Q3 of last year. So for the city-specific podcast, we published 14 episodes in that quarter. Uh, Dallas, Texas was the first city to reach 100 downloads. So we started with nothing. We started with you know three hundred and four cities where we were starting to publish podcast episodes to it, and there were no listeners. There was no one downloading them. It was uh you know it can be very frustrating when you're putting in a lot of effort like this, and you're building a lot of software, and you're taking a lot of time to you know do classes and publish the classes and create tools to anticipate that you're going to need things for that, and uh, have no one downloading the podcast. So um, in quarter three, after doing this for for a quarter, we uh, we had our first. Uh, city that had 100 downloads. It was Dallas. Uh, I launched what I called the magical referral experience, which was one of the ways that I think I'm going to potentially in the future monetize the city podcast. And it was basically this idea of teach amazing content, give away the best of the best of the best stuff I possibly can, basically give away all the content and tools and real estate investing strategies and things like that, that, um, you know, somebody might pay Know some of these coaching programs like you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 thousand dollars to get like their secret stuff. I basically want to provide all that stuff for free to people, and then ideally they would choose to maybe get access to some bonus materials or some other perks or something like that and use the real estate agent that we recommend in that marketplace. And so this would be a magical referral experience where I could take that person who's an investor, who's been listening to the podcast and watching the videos and allow them to work with the agent in that marketplace, no cost to them, but the agent would then pay a referral fee to us for allowing them to do that. And then we could provide some additional benefits to the investor who was using that. You know, it reminds me of this framework from Kevin Kelly, who came up with this idea of 1000 true fans. And he basically said that, uh, you know, in our current modern day society that artists can support themselves if they have a thousand true fans that will basically buy everything they put out. So, you know, imagine a musician or an artist or something like that who, you know, if they put out a, a new album every year and the album costs, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know, uh, you know, a hundred dollars to come to the concert and to get a copy of the new album. And you have a thousand people that are, you know, really true diehard fans for you. And they're willing to pay that hundred dollars per year Um, in order to support you and your art and the work that you're doing, then a a artist nowadays can actually support themselves with this, um, you know, thousand people that are willing to pay whatever it is, $100 a year in order to support them if they want to earn six-figure income. So my model, though, is, you know, if I could get 300 true fans, basically, if I could get one person, this is how I think about it in my head, if I could get one person, For each city that we're doing a podcast for, you know, one per each city that we're doing, one for Philadelphia, one for Miami, one for Denver, you know, one for New York, you know, basically have like all these different cities, get one person who wants to be referred to an agent in that market to actually buy an investment property, and that agent actually helps them purchase an investment property and mentors them through the process. And, you know, and then we get paid a referral fee from that, that would be sort of like one of my mental frameworks for how this might work in the future. We did also, in Q3 2022, receive our first referral check directly attributed to this kind of magical referral experience model where we referred someone to a marketplace and they uh, did that. I'm going to make a little correction for a typo here while I see it, because otherwise I'll never correct it. Um, So basically, we got our first referral check. It's almost like a proof of concept that this works. Now, I'm not really pushing this right now, but it is something that over the next seven years or so, I think is one of the more likely models for us to monetize the podcast. You know, I put out the best stuff I possibly can, the stuff that people would otherwise be paying, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 for, but us provide it for free and even some stuff that they don't provide because there's some modeling with our analysis and our software and some of the intellectual property that I own um, that we can do that they cannot do. And so really offer the best stuff that we possibly can. And ideally we find, you know, one investor per market who wants to do the referral. And I'll talk about some numbers for that here in a little bit. Uh, in twenty in twenty twenty two Q three, we also created some new intellectual property. I took some of uh, Mike Summies. He's a he's an author, real estate investor, and author um, of the Weekend Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Uh, Series. There's a couple books he did with Roger Dawson. Great books if you haven't read them. Uh, But he had some of these charts that he created um, based on the lifestyle of different people, lifestyle of the poor, lifestyle of the rich. And uh, so I recreated those in PowerPoint so that I could do some teaching with them. Um, They are his charts, but uh, they are kind of like my own variations on his ideas, which you know, I definitely give him credit for doing this. I also came up with some 100K charts and a Rubicon map. So some of the intellectual property we created during that quarter. And then coding-wise, we added uh, price resiliency charts to the real estate financial planner software, which is how much prices can decline before you'd have negative equity. And rent resiliency, it's a different measure of risk, which is how much rents can decline before you have negative cash flow. And so we taught some classes on that and I created some new tools around it and some modeling. So you can look at your entire portfolio now and see how risky it is to doing a different strategy or trying something and tweaking something a little bit differently. Now we can use that as one of the measures of risk. Also improved on the Monte Carlo software for Real Estate Financial Planner, and I did some miscellaneous error, bug fixes, and improvements. And this quarter, I was more productive in terms of hours uh, and less productive in terms of the time spent actually working. Uh, So 641 hours spent during q3 2022 with a productivity pulse of 64 and I believe the last one was like 70 if I remember so less productive percentage wise and as far as like the activities I was doing but more hours spent so maybe similarly productive this is this example of the Mike Summy stuff that I created uh, and you can see I definitely credit him based on ideas uh, in Mike Summy's book the financial security Bible and some other ones there and so you can see some different variations I made of his charts um so some pretty good stuff there All right, so get to Q2. I'm sorry, Q4 of 2022. So basically, uh, October, November, December of last year, So the city-specific podcast, we had 22 of the individual city podcasts that all reached over 100 downloads. There were four of them with over 200 downloads. Uh, We published nine episodes and none in December. I I must have had a low... um, a low motivation or a discouraging month. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, this is very discouraging. It's not getting traction fast enough. Maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, I was was retired at the time. You know, maybe I should just be retired and kind of hang out, read books and go in the hot tub and go to the gym and kind of do that. Um, So it may have been December was a rough month. I don't have any notes as to that, but it's likely that that's probably what it was. Uh, And then I came across the canvas strategy, which is uh, from a book, Tools of Titans, and also the book Ego is the Enemy from Ryan Holiday. Tools of Titans is Tim Ferriss, but an interview with Ryan Holiday. And then the book where Ryan Holiday talks about this is called Ego is the Enemy. And it's the idea of someone doing something for you that would be really, really hard for you to do yourself. There's some variations and a lot of nuance to it. Go read the book for a lot of detail. But I started thinking about, you know, for real estate agents and lenders and other professionals and marketplaces uh, where they're trying to help real estate investors. You know, I am providing a a wide range of education and tools and intellectual property and, you know, the real estate financial planner software and all the modeling that we could do and the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet, a whole bunch of other stuff that I could provide to people, you know, if we want to collaborate together where, you know, I do all the teaching and they actually help the clients, you know, buy, sell and finance investment properties in their marketplace. So I was thinking about this in terms of the canvas strategy of me doing the things that I think are, are, are kind of like in my, a unique ability to kind of use a Dan Sullivan term, kind of like the idea that, uh, you know, this is something that I like to do. It's unique to me. It's it's valuable. Um, it's helpful. It charges me. It kind of gives me energy. Um, and then let other people do what they're good at, you know, which is probably help people buy and sell and invest and finance rental properties or do taxes or whatever the other professionals are. So I I thought a lot about the Canvas strategy and and, and things like that. I also uh, debated, I should probably adjust this. It's the bullet point. Whoops. The bullet point is off. This is a one-off presentation, so if I don't fix it now, it's not happening. Okay, so um, I also debated long and hard during Q4 of, you know, should I do one city, basically make one podcast, uh, or, or focus in on, you know, just doing, you know, where I live, Fort Collins, Loveland area of northern Colorado, or maybe even Denver, if I decide, you know, to pick one local market to kind of do stuff, and Denver is relatively local, it's about an hour away. Um, or do I do, you know, 304 cities and 304 podcasts? And I went back and forth for a long time, you know, before I go and invest all this time and energy and resources into, um, you know, doing all this stuff, should I go and do like one of these things? Or should I do a whole bunch of different cities and and really, um, you know, focus in on doing that stuff? So Um, I struggle with that decision. And I ultimately decided to pursue doing the 304. But there are pros and cons to each. And I'm, I'm not sure I'm making the right decision. I think I'm making the right decision. But I am not 100% sure, you know, time will tell, you know, six months from now, I may say I made the wrong decision. Seven years from now, I may say I made the right decision, who knows. So I I just wanted to let people know, trying to be transparent, that I am, uh, I'm uncertain about whether or not this is the right way to go. Uh, we also launched the coaching platform, A um, kind of half-assed the <laughs> coaching part of the thing. Uh, we do continue to add the new class recordings and replace older classes with the new updated versions, so I've got that all built out and everything, uh, and I am taking the stuff that I'm currently teaching every morning, daily, basically Monday through Friday, and I'm taking that class content, and I'm putting it... Um, on the coaching platform, so that when I finally do offer the coaching platform, because um, I've taken it down for now, uh, it might that might be one of the things people get when we do the magical referral experience, or you know, when they upgrade something, uh, they might get access to that, which is a like a learning management system where you get courses and you could check off what you've done. And it's got all the class material with all the notes and outlines. And instead of having to watch the video, it's got all the text there so you could see what's being done. So there's a lot of good stuff there. So I created all that in Q4 of 2022 and I continue to refine it even to this day. Um, Now I I also, during Q4 of 2022, I came across uh, the framework by Jim Collins of the 20 mile March. The idea was Um, You know, they compared two people trying to hike across the United States and one one group actually decides to hike longer distances when the weather is nice and things are going well. Um, And another group says, look, it doesn't matter what the weather is doing, good or bad. We're going to march 20 miles every single day on days when it's nice and it's easy. We're going to be able to stop a little earlier after 20 miles, but we'll be able to stop a little bit earlier and rest on the days when it's hard. We're going to push through, but we're still going to get 20 miles every single day. And I started really contemplating whether doing daily real estate investing classes was my version of the 20 mile march with no matter what I get up in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, I teach class. So that is the equivalent of my 20 mile march in my mind um, as of Q4. And that's when I had some notes about that in my, uh, I keep track of these achievements. I don't know if you know, like how I know, like what happened and when is uh, every time I do something, I document, I keep track of my quarterly achievements so that I can go back and review them. And so this is kind of a, a, a fruit of that labor. A consultation. So I had my first paid consultation about should I sell my rental property? It was kind of a remnant of me making that old spreadsheet. I decided not to focus on that for now though. I'm going to put it off until after we get through the classes on buying properties in our current marketplace. And so i raise raised prices on the consultations. That is one of the ways that I sort of discourage and encourage things. Uh, if I want to encourage things, I might lower the price in order to get more people to come in. If I want to discourage things, I will raise prices because I don't want to do that. Not that I won't do them, but I'm like, hey, look, I'm really trying to focus on something else for now. And maybe I shouldn't even be telling you this, but that's sort of how I manipulate supply and demand is if I want to do more of something, I sometimes will do stuff for free. If I, wanted to, if I don't want to do something, sometimes I'll raise my prices to discourage people from doing it. Not that I won't do it, but um, there will be compensation for doing it. That's kind of how I would look at it. That sounds horrible when I say that loud, though. Uh, so anyway, Q4 Substack, we started to really focus on that REFP.com, REFP.substack.com, I should say. Um, and I considered focusing on that publishing model instead of city-specific podcasts. I really debated. I was like, you know... Honestly, the Substack really resonates with me, and publishing everything to the Substack really is a direction I would like to move forward with. What I ultimately decided was they work together, and so that doing the podcast episodes, recording those, and then publishing them to Substack is a good sort of like both at the same time thing, but I I considered at one point not doing the uh, classes at all and only doing the Substack and writing on there, and so we really thought long and hard about doing that. Uh, as far as intellectual property, I created a new tool, the Mortgage Interest Rate Confidence Meter, which talks about how how it, how high or low the mortgage interest rate currently is compared to how it's been historically. So it shows you on a meter like what the probability of having seen that interest rate before is. As so, you could tell, hey, look, is this a is this a really high interest rate market, or is it not really as high as we think it is? And so uh, I built that new tool for doing that. It's some intellectual property we built. I also did uh, the class workflow for being able to manage teaching all these classes. I was thinking, if I'm going to do this as a 20 mile march, I want to get organized and have all this stuff in place so that I can kind of like do this at with some volume and stay organized and keep up with stuff. Also create a whole bunch of new map based, U.S. state charts for cap rate, cash on cash, and those types of things. And a whole bunch of new scatter plot, histogram comparison charts for comparing models. So I can now tell you, is it better to put 20% down or 25% down and show you the aggregated data for 304 cities as to which ones are better and which ones are worse and by how much. That was all brand new as of 2022, Q4. And I built some brand new spreadsheets, which um, I probably won't show you, but there's, there's a bunch of new stuff that was built there. We also had a new rule sell rental properties based on account balance. So if you have your account balance drop below a certain amount in the real estate financial planner software, you can now sell a rental property in order to free up some equity and uh, replenish your account. And as far as coding, I improved the model software pages um, and code base. And I, I did some significant work on that in Q4. So there's a lot of improvements made to the modeling stuff for all the 304 cities. I did a whole bunch of code for comparing the different cities to being able to see how stuff worked there. I added various scenarios. I'm up to about I think 25. There'll be way more than 100 as I've been doing on here. I improved the API we do for publishing all the podcasts. Uh, upgraded the real estate financial planner server, and I had to do a whole bunch of coding changes because when we moved servers, it changed a bunch of stuff, and so I had to take a lot of time to do that. And then I started adding a whole bunch of deal analysis calculations, and this is a like a multi-quarter project. So I did part one back in 2022 Q4. I did a bunch of stuff in last quarter, Q1 of 2023. And now I am actually doing the full-on deal analysis for each individual scenario, each individual property in each individual city based on the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet. So you will see that coming online. Um, And once I get that done, that's going to be a major part of our thing. We'll basically be able to walk people through and show them how deals get analyzed in every city for like, you know, a couple hundred different properties in that city doing different strategies and how that works and, you know, how to break it down. So it's going to be really, really cool. I'm uh, currently working on that. That's where I am right now. And then I did some miscellaneous bug fixes and improvements. Uh, as far as productivity goes, I did 708 hours of Q4 2022, and uh, there was a productivity pulse of 67. Uh milestones for last quarter, 2023 Q1, Uh, the theme for the quarter was how to invest in real estate despite high prices and high interest rates and lagging rents. Now, over the last year, last several years, honestly, uh, prices have gone up a lot on real estate properties. In the last year, interest rates have gone up dramatically on real estate and rents have gone up, but not quite enough to keep pace with the much higher prices and much higher interest rates. And so how do you invest in real estate When you have these really high prices, really high interest rates, and rents are not quite there, where it's much, much harder than it ever was before in order to have positive cash flow on properties or good cash flow on properties, depending on your marketplace. And so there's a whole bunch of things related to that that I wanted to develop. So that was the theme of last quarter and kind of spilled over into this quarter as well. We published 12 episodes to the podcast. Uh, 27 cities had over 200 downloads. Uh, 14 had over 300 downloads. Four had over 400 downloads, and there was one city that had over 600 downloads. That was total uh, for the for the for their lifespan. So by the time we were, you know, into the third quarter of running this thing, uh, those were the kind of like numbers that we were seeing. I launched the full coaching program. There's a full version available with all the older classes and stuff like that. And then as I replace the older classes with new stuff, I replace those. So that that platform is completely launched. And I continue to add to that to this day. So as I record stuff, I replace the old stuff and and make it updated. Uh, For Substack, I raise prices. You'll you'll see that's sort of a theme. I'm trying to figure out what pricing is on that. Uh, For Intellectual Property, I created my hierarchy of real estate metrics. Um, I did more spreadsheets as a visual cap rate calculator for rental properties and a whole bunch of other things. And I created the 88 strategies to improve cash flow and several other new related infographics related to how do you improve cash flow, especially in a market where you got these high prices, high interest rates, and rents are lagging. So I did a whole bunch of stuff with that. As far as coding goes we did a significant improvement to the models code so I continue to work on that I consider that like a, a major hub like a, a, a like a pretty significant component of our whole business model and so that is going to be a key thing that I can tend to work on and I will continue to drive that pretty hard um, and you know into the next seven years or so I improved that deal analysis code base. I did part two. Remember, part one was the previous quarter. This is part two for last quarter. And now I'm working on part three this quarter, which is you know the very next step in that process, being able to analyze deals and you know, the 304 markets for any one of the scenarios and be able to see all that using the world's greatest real estate deal now spreadsheet, like a web version of that. So it's uh, definitely coming along and I expect that to be launched really soon. Uh, we improved the return quadrants code, it's made some significant improvements to that. The first version of the sell or keep rental property calculator is also up and running. Um, It is sort of locked down, but it is done. And I will return to that as we move toward that content of, you know, should I sell or refi my property right now? We're focusing on the buying properties in our current marketplace. Then we'll go to sell and refi. And then there's some other stuff coming after that. And then I did some miscellaneous bug fixes and improvements Uh, for that quarter. Last quarter, I worked 522 hours, 34 minutes. And my productivity post was 68. So you can get a feel for what I was doing there. This is an example of that, how to improve rental property cash flow. You'll see this if you've looked at any of my stuff, but we really focused on that. And then we did a whole another infographic for real estate investing strategies and some stuff for financial independence. I got in this kick where I was making a whole bunch of infographics. And so we did a bunch of work on those. Uh, Here's another one we did. So you can just kind of see those as well. Um, This is something that will come eventually, but it is not released yet. This is the financial independence, asset allocation, and cash flows engine allowing you to plan to see like where all the money you've got coming in and where it's going out and how you're reinvesting and what you're doing with the money. And so there's a whole series of classes coming and a whole bunch of intellectual property that we're going to build around that. But I did build the first version of that in uh, that quarter, I guess last quarter. All right. So now we're in the current quarter, 2023 Q2 through today, May 20th. So through today, May 20th. We uh, published eight episodes so far this quarter. Um, this will be published as number nine, this recording right here. I've queued up six episodes for the rest of Q2. So we're already done with those. I've already recorded them. They're already in the podcast software with a release date on every Friday, basically, coming up over the next qu- over the next couple of weeks. Um, I've also, in addition to that, I've queued up 31 more podcast episodes. So I've re- already recorded... 31 additional podcast episodes, 31 classes that we've taught. Um, and they are scheduled to come out every Friday between now and February of 2024. So I'm trying to get it at least the full years out so that I am completely done there. Um, and how the model goes, just so you understand, I teach historically, and this is going to change. Historically, I've been teaching the classes live. So anyone could come on, attend those. Um, then what I do is I publish them to the Substack either that day or the very next day. And so you get access to the video and stuff like that if you want it on there. Um, If you need to access the archives, the archives as of right now are paid for Substack. But then if you don't, if you're not in the Substack, you don't watch the video or you don't pay to get access to the archives of the Substack and be able to watch all the old videos that you want to do, then if you wait long enough, the majority of the classes that I teach daily get released to the podcast, but they're on a week basis. And now if I do something on Monday that's being published at the end of February. That's how far in advance I am. So I expect to be a full year out through the end of Q2 2024 by the end of this quarter. So the daily classes that I'm teaching, I will then have enough so that I'm a full year out in advance so that if something happened to me and I stopped working or got hit by a bus or whatever it is, you would have a full year's worth of content already queued up, ready to go without me touching it. Okay. So that's where we will be and where we're, we're at into february already and so it's just a matter of getting through a couple i think like one or two weeks in february march april and may um and june and so yeah basically four more weeks of uh, five a day five classes per week and i'll be there so i'm gonna hit the end of the year thing so um i don't know if you knew this but i was retired so um this is this is actually me officially saying i'm unretired because as i was i was telling tammy one day my tammy's my wife we've been married 28 years we celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary a couple days ago um and so i was telling tammy i'm like hey you know you know for someone who's retired i show up to work every day and i put in a lot of time doing this stuff um maybe i'm not retired anymore and she says you know maybe you're not retired anymore so uh, i've officially announced i'm unretired um, i turned 48 years old this month and i uh, had my 28th wedding anniversary. And so I decided I am officially unretired. I decided to work on this project until I am 55. I said, you know, let me give it seven years from now. I already got a year in. Let me do seven more years till I get to 55. And at that point, I could step back and evaluate and decide what I want to do, if anything, after that. Okay. So that's sort of what I am committing to. Um, again, subject to change, asterisk, all that stuff. But my thinking is let me put in some time for seven years because there's some compounding that has to go on with this, which I'll share with you in a little bit here. Um, so in Q2 of 2023, I started doing two daily classes. So I teach a class for real estate investors, basically for the city specific podcast, which then also gets published in the Substack and also gets published inside the coaching program. And I want to point out to people I'm not holding anything back from you. The content you get on the podcast is the same content that is in the sub stack when you pay, and it's also the same content in the, content in the coaching pro platform. There may be the road class that doesn't get published to the podcast because it's got some sensitive information or whatever it is on there, and it's only for coaching, but 95% is exactly the same material exactly as is presented. I don't do any extra editing and pull out stuff, so I'm not holding anything back from you. My thought is give you the best stuff give you everything I possibly can, the very, very, very best stuff. Um, and if you want to pay and support us, great. We would love that. And you could do that by doing the sub stack or you know, doing the coaching program or whatever you need to do, or you know, doing some cons- Well, you'll find out here. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you some stuff a little bit later. Okay. Okay. So I started doing those two classes, the real estate investing one, and then also that class for serving real estate investors for the agents and lenders and other professionals like accountants or whatever it is that want to actually add value really help and serve real estate investors at a super high level. I'm basically sharing you what I've been doing for the last, I don't know, decade or so, um, helping real estate investors learn about all this different stuff and and do better and invest in real estate and perform well. And so this sort of like a separate thing about how to do that if you are in a business that serves them, real estate agents, lenders, accountants that want to work with real estate investors, those types of things. And so I've been doing two daily classes every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, to do this. You know, I take some holidays off and stuff like that. And I've got uh, this next week, we've got uh, my nephew's graduation from high school. So, and I've got some family coming in town. So I'll be taking some days off for that too. Okay. Intellectual property for this quarter, Uh, several infographics for class content, uh, improvements to the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet, uh, because I'm doing some more deal analysis classes and the improved risk matrix, including one for appreciation, which I did in a class last week. And then coding-wise, miscellaneous bug fixes and improvements, and I'm also doing that deal analysis code. This is now part three, which is all the city-specific pages, and then fixing issues with the older code related to that. Because I thought I was going to do it one way, and now that I'm here doing it, I realize that a lot of that old code needs to be refactored. So it's going to take me a little bit longer to fix some of that stuff. But the good news is, once it's done, there's a lot of really cool, brand-new, crazy stuff that we can do uh, that you'll see there. Okay. All right. Let's see here. All right. So productivity. So so far this quarter, 265 hours in, we're a little bit more than halfway, about five days, more than halfway. So, you know, I'll be in the whatever that is, uh, 530 hours or so, 510, a little over 500. And my productivity is way up 79 um, compared to some of those other months. So uh, there it is. Uh, This is some of the new tools that we created just to kind of give you an idea. This is a loan comparison spreadsheet we made, Risk Matrix. um, And this is the new appreciation one using kind of like data to show you how risky, what the risk is that property values will decline on you and a bunch of stuff like that. All right. So I've been talking about this idea, right? These are the different class groups. Right now we're doing how to buy a rental property in the next 90 days when prices are high, interest rates are high, and rents are lagging. And I'll probably have enough class content to do this at least through Q3. Probably longer is my guess, maybe even Q4. Then when I'm done with that, then I will work on, should I refinance or sell my rental property? I'll do a whole series of classes on that. And uh, that's gonna be some brand new stuff. So maybe a little slower pace. And then I'm gonna do, once I'm done with those classes, I will do a whole series on real estate financial planning, like modeling stuff. When you're going to be financially independent, how to think about that, how to optimize it, how to improve it, like all that stuff. And I'll start those after the sell and refi classes. And then in the future for the podcast, this is all going to be podcast content. But in the future, after those three things are done, I think what I'm probably going to do is focus more on like interviews, additional class content of new stuff as it comes to me and it becomes apparent, uh, things I'm reading about, things I'm learning about. Um, and then improvements and fixes to stuff that has changed that I've already taught. So if we have a new financing set of regulations come out, guess what? We'll do an update to that. Or we'll do an update on you know, whatever the newest strategy or newest tweaks are to processes or, or how interest rates in our current environment and how price appreciation, all that stuff impacts things. So That's the thinking on the class groups. All right. So let's talk about the city-specific real estate investing, real estate financial planning podcast and uh, you can go access those at realestatefinancialplanner.com forward slash model and just pick your city and you can see what I'm talking about here. So here are the stats. So in the last year, because it's basically May 20th to May 20th, uh, we recorded 87 episodes. So I recorded 87 episodes and more in the last quarter. A, a lot of them in the last quarter because I'm doing daily now. Uh, we published 49. There are 38 in the queue to publish. So 38 that we have left to publish. As far as podcast downloads go, we had 33,117 podcast downloads. So we have 33,000 people download an episode is basically what that, what that amounts to. On a per city basis, you take that 33,117 and you divide by the 304 cities that we have, that means that each city had 108 downloads this is total in aggregate over the entire uh, 49 episodes that were published okay so that's kind of the numbers that we got so 108 per city some cities had a lot more some cities had almost zero okay uh per episode there were 675 downloads per episode so if you're trying to get a feel for like what the reach is right now It's about 675 downloads per episode. And I will tell you, it tends to skew. The more recent ones are getting more downloads than the earlier ones, just because we're starting to get bigger audiences. On a per city, per episode basis, that 33,117 divided by 304 divided by 49 is 2.22. So per city, per episode, we have two listeners. That's what it says on average across all of them, all episodes in all cities. So, you know, for the first year, I, was, I thought that was pretty good. You know, I, I feel pretty good about that. This is the numbers you could see that we basically started growing back here in May. And you can see that the traffic, uh, the, the number of downloads is increasing. All these spikes are basically when you release a new episode, you get a little spike of downloads for that. Um, but then you could see like basically the uh, number of downloads in the low spot is increasing over time, which is what I'm overall wanting to see. Uh, This is a breakdown of how many downloads there were by month. And you can see there's a general trend in this direction. We're estimating since it's mid-May right now that we're going to have, you know, whatever this is, 5,500 or so uh, downloads for this month. Is this little green dot because this is a partial month. I want to let people know what the estimate or the projected is for that. So, you know, not every month is growth. You can see December I slacked off. I didn't do anything then. Um, But basically you can see the kind of growth rate over time. Uh, this is a similar chart, except it shows weekly. It shows each week's downloads. You can get a feel for what that looks like. Um, so that's weekly. And then I wanted to show you this. This is the last seven days. And I wanted to point out that the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, is in full effect here because you can see that about 20% of the podcasts are getting the majority of the downloads and that there are a whole bunch that get hardly any at all. And so you can just get a feel for what is popular and what is not popular, and what tends to skew, and it's it's correlated to um population, but it is not strongly correlated to population. So kind of get a feel for that. All right, let's talk about the Substack stats now. So those are stats for the podcast. Now we can look at Substack and Substack. I had an email list a little bit, little a tiny email list for my local broker stuff before that, and now we've grown that to um, three thousand five hundred forty-seven subscribers. Uh, free and then 33 are paid. So here's the paid subscribers and you can see the growth for that and how it looks over time. There are 33 paid subscribers on the Substack right now um after the first year of doing this. And um according to Substack's numbers which I don't know if these are completely accurate, I think they're pretty accurate, but um they're estimating uh my revenue, my gross revenue from Substack right now is about $8,894 for the year. So if you're wondering if you know this is a extremely profitable venture for me, it is not a profitable venture for me right now. Uh, I've been feeding the venture. I've been showing up for work and not getting paid because I'm basically reinvesting everything. I'll show you my expenses here in a second. Uh, but I'm basically funding this entire thing, and there has been no revenue for the first year at all. And uh, I think there's revenue coming in the future, but who knows? Um, I, I do have essentially unlimited runway because I – was retired before this, and this is sort of like a second career, uh, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, basically, I'm estimated right now to make around, um, you know, a little under nine thousand dollars for the year from the Substack revenue um, from doing that. The estimated expenses to run the podcast and the Substack and everything else there um, is about nine hundred dollars a month, or a little under eleven thousand dollars per year right now. And I will tell you, I if you had to like. Do you have to force me to tell you, is this 100% accurate? I don't know. I tried to remember all the different things I'm paying for. I did look in an email or two. I did look at uh, server settings and looked up some stuff, but uh, it's possible I'm missing some expenses out here and uh, that I am funding it out of my own pocket. To kind of do it but it's about nine hundred dollars a month to run this thing you know including the server and domain names and seo and you know different types of backup services and paying taxes on the entity and i guess i should put down the entity cost but you know there's a whole bunch of stuff like that um just to pay for this and so it is as of right now it is not profitable if you're wondering uh as far as seo goes so um our domain ranking is about 37 right now our URL ranking, I think that's what that is. That's uh, that's twelve. We've increased uh, our back number of backlinks by about 6,500 6, new backlinks. We have about one hundred and fifteen additional referring domains. We uh, now are ranking for um, an additional one point nine thousand um, keywords, two point nine total. We are getting about uh one about eleven 1, hundred visitors to the website per month, uh, from that. And so that's sort of there. You could see the growth over ter- over time here. You'd see the number of referring domains and how that's just basically going up. There's been some times you have a little drop off. The URL rating looks like that's improving a little bit. Organic traffic is definitely increasing. And especially lately, since I've been doing like daily classes, I'm seeing a pretty big uptick in that. And then the number of organic pages showing up in search engines, that is also increasing. So no, this is I think the SEO is going well that's uh, that's pretty positive for us. This is the number of organic keywords that we are showing up for in uh, different search engines. And so you could see you know there's a, these are the ones that were ranking in uh, one, two or three. these are the ones who are ranked between four and 10 these are the ones who are ranked between 11 and 20 and these are the ones who are ranked between 21 and 50. and you can see that they're all trending upward. And uh, we're ranking pretty well for a bunch of different stuff. And so we I think we're doing pretty good for SEO. My um, I, I plan, as you'll find out, is uh, primarily continue to work on quality and improve it. All right. So quick stats on the Serving Real Estate Investors additional podcast I did. We won't take as much time. But ServingRealEstateInvestors.com, if you go there, it's a Substack. stack. Uh, we have 206 subscribers to the sub stack right now. We just started that basically April um, like a month and a half ago, like a month and 20 days ago. And uh, there's no paid option. So it's right now it's completely free. Who knows what I'll do in the future, but right now it is completely free to do that. So access it while you can. There's 206 subscribers to that brand new podcast that we just started, whatever number of days ago, uh, whatever that is, 50 days ago. Um, this is the total number of downloads on the podcast, which is different than Substack. So we've had 60 total downloads, not 60 per episode, not 60 for one day. Uh, for all the different episodes we published so far, there have been 60 downloads in total since April 3rd when we launched the first episode through May 20th. So if you're wondering if this is extremely popular, it is not, although the feedback I'm getting on it is really, really good. So it may just be that I'm not marketing it very well, which I'm not really marketing it hardly at all. Um, so maybe over time it'll pick up. We'll see. All right, so what's working? What's not working? So this is concept from Jim Collins and good to great. I wrote about this concept called the flywheel effect. The momentum of the thing kicks in your favor, hurling the flat hurling the flywheel forward, turn after turn, turn after turn. Whoosh! Its own heavy weight working for you. You're pushing no harder than during the first rotation, but the flywheel goes faster and faster. Each turn of the flywheel builds upon work done earlier, compounding your investment of effort a thousand times faster, then 10,000, then 100,000, then Huge heavy that the huge heavy disc flies forward with almost unstoppable momentum. I I keep this in mind when I think about all the effort that we had to do in this last year. All the programming, all of the um, SEO work, all of the uh, infographics, all of the software, all the spreadsheets, all the analysis, all the class presentations that are put together, all the teaching, all the publishing, like all that stuff is like massive amount of effort for what is unarguably an unprofitable business so far. Right? I mean, we we're, I just showed you the numbers where we are not making enough money from Substack to be able to pay for the expenses of running this whole thing. And so, you know, like you're putting in all this effort, is it even worth it? And I think as you will see in the next year or two or three or four or five or six or seven, that this flywheel effect is going into play where once we kind of get this thing up to speed, and I've got all these classes queued up and every Friday new ones come out and every day they come out on Substack. And some people are going to choose to support the work we're doing because they now understand a little bit better about what's going on and the mission and, and that we're trying to you know really add value and, and help people. And some agents are going to want to collaborate and some lenders are going to want to collaborate and we're going to all work together and they're going to be able to see that like, we could bring this to the value t- to the table and we could do all this stuff. And I'll keep pushing and teaching classes every day and keep publishing stuff to the sub stack and the, the podcasts and doing analysis and writing software. And then next year we'll do better than we did this year. And it'll be for the same effort. And then the year after that, it'll, it'll grow. And I think what's ultimately going to happen is this thing will really start to go on itself where it'll take off. It won't just be like, you know, we grow 10% a year. It's like year one was 30,000. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Next year is going to be more than two X, right? It's going to be more than 33,000 for year two. It might be, I don't know, 50,000. I really don't know. It could be more than that for all I know, right? Like who knows? But I think we're going to start to see this massively compounding results from this flywheel effect where I keep pushing on it. Other people see that I'm pushing on it. They're liking what we're putting out there. They give me some feedback. We make a couple of tweaks here and there because I'm not perfect. I'm not doing everything perfect and really get some improvement there. So what is working and what's not working? So, whoops, I guess I was going the wrong direction. So so basically what's working? So teaching daily classes, I think is what's working. I'll likely stop doing the serving realestateinvestors.com classes at the end of this quarter. Um, I might do irregular additional up episodes when I have something to say, like something important to add or something like that. Or... I, would, I think I'd like to do some interviews with other agents and lenders and professionals who are already working with investors and see what they're doing. Like interview them and say, hey, what's working in your marketplace? You're, a, you're an agent in Atlanta. Like what's working when you work with investors there? What are you doing that's different? What are you doing that's working really well? And so we could ideally share that information and aggregate it and have other people help, have other agents and lenders and professionals help other ones doing that to kind of see what's possible and kind of cluster around this idea of helping uh, serve real estate investors. Now, for the real estate investing classes for City Podcast, like the classes we're doing daily and we're publishing to the City Podcast stuff, I may slow down the pace. So right now I'm doing daily stuff, uh, but I might actually slow it down, especially as some of the class content for the new things I'm teaching takes more prep time. So, you know, I've been teaching classes now since uh, 2003. So I have a lot of PowerPoint presentations of my own stuff that I could borrow from. Like if I'm going to go teach a class on PMI, well, I've already taught a class on PMI. So I could take you know two or three of my best slides, kind of update them for current day, make some tweaks to them. And that doesn't take nearly as long as if I'm teaching something I've never taught before, which may take me a day or two or three to actually build out and kind of uh, create. And so I think as the stuff transitions from things I've taught before and concepts I know pretty well to now I'm teaching a lot more brand new stuff, it'll have to slow down because there's no way I can do that, that pace. Okay. the good news is I'm already scheduled and I'm I'm already scheduled, whatever it is, seven months out and I will be scheduled a year out. So you'll still have the weekly pace getting there. What will slow down most noticeably is probably the people on Substack. They'll see a little slower pace, but then they'll have all the old content to be able to hit in the archive. So that's the thinking. So that's working. Teaching daily classes is largely working and we'll continue to do that. Uh, Publishing class recordings. So. The substack with the videos and the downloads as we record them, that's working. I'll keep doing that. Now, I might test what is locked down and what is free. As of right now, this is how it works. I teach a class in the morning. You can't attend live. Um, once I'm done with that, I usually publish it to the substack stack, rep.substack.com, and that gets emailed out to everybody on the list, and then usually you can watch it for three days. After three days, it gets locked down. It goes into the archive and you have to be a paying member of Substack in order to get access to the archive. I might change that. I might test. I don't know if I don't know what's going to work well and what's not going to work well. I'm trying to find out the balance between supporting the you know, supporting what we do and what's free. And that podcast, that the audio of that, not the video, but gets added to the podcast anyway. So it's it's eventually going to be out there, but I'm trying to see how, like, how we can work with support and what works not so you may see me playing with that that's that's what's coming up okay um queuing up recordings to the pop- podcast publishing one per week so i've already told you how that works but that's what we're doing and, and we're going to be pretty far out so the, the thing is if i teach a class live monday uh that won't actually show up for the podcast until the end of february now and it'll soon be a full year out so what else is working uh, publishing amazing content as you might know, I don't hold back. I don't save my best stuff for someone who is paying versus someone who's not paying. I teach the best that I know how to do. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to become better myself. I'm open to feedback. If you're like, hey, James, you suck. Um, you know, stop doing this. Change what you're doing here. Improve on this. I do try to improve. Um, I, my thought is I am trying to offer better stuff than those other people teaching real estate investing that are charging tens of thousands of dollars. That is the goal is to do my best job of finding out everything that they're offering. And if somebody is paid the, you know, 10, 20, 30, $50,000 and you're like, Hey, um, th- you know, this is the manual they gave me or whatever it is, or you want to share something with me, feel free. Cause I'd love to make sure that we are covering exactly. And if someone says, Hey, they, they taught this, but they added this year when they taught it, they taught it a little bit differently than you do. Let me know. And I will be sure to make sure that we update our stuff. I'm not going to copy them, but I will make sure that we cover it in my own way. Um, to, to do that. Okay. Um, so I think instead of paying the tens of thousands of dollars in order to pay someone else to go do this, I think you should use that money as down payments and reserves to invest directly yourself. Ideally use the agent and lender and other professionals that we recommend in that marketplace to assist you so that they can help mentor you on the ground and to provide you support. And then the, and the combination of all the class content and everything else we've got Plus that agent, lender, and other professional services on the ground that we've already got for you. Use the money to actually as a down payment to buy actual property and reserves, so that you have good reserves when you're going to invest. Instead of paying this money to find out, you know, someone else how to do it. We'll teach you how to do it. The agent, the lender will mentor you locally and how to get the loan, how to get how to buy the property because they're going to assist you doing that process. And then you know we'll be able to assist you. So that's my thought. So keep publishing amazing content. That I think that's working. As far as SEO goes, search engine optimization stuff, I think focusing more on long-term quality. I'm not trying to get these immediate boosts and you know, show up for something that doesn't make sense. I'm really focusing in on providing really amazing value for SEO for our website and getting long-term, good quality traffic, the right type of traffic for that. Okay? So uh, there you go. Uh, podcast listener growth. Keep publishing regularly, weekly, with the amazing content we're already putting out there. That is working for us. Substack, subscriber growth. Keep putting out great content that people want and make some of it available for free. Trying to find that balance. We'll be testing some some stuff with that. The Substack paid subscriber growth. I likely will be testing different prices to try to find out what is optimal because for me – know, having everyone pay a dollar, doesn't make a lot of sense. It's going to be really hard to fund, you know, the expenses we have with people paying a dollar, you know, trying to charge people $30,000 doesn't make sense for me because I don't believe in that pricing point. So I got to find something in the middle where it is reasonably for us to support our mission and to continue doing stuff, but also um, good for you know, a reasonable value for what people are paying. So I got to try to find that sweet spot. And I, like I said, I might have conflicting goals on how this all works out. So I am testing price. So if you see prices changing, that is part of the plan. It is part of me trying to figure this stuff out. Because I'm not an expert. at it. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I'm just trying to do the best I can. So that's what's going on there. And then uh, what's working? Staying lean. You know, it's just me. I'm not being paid. <laughs> You saw the money coming in The expenses going out are more than that Because that doesn't include salary um, it, You know, it's hard to include salary at $900 a month But, you know, it's $900 and like hard costs In order to run this thing So it's just me If I need stuff done I could hire for completed projects Like go hire a contractor to do something Like I hired help to get the server moved um, But really it's about me And doing joint ventures And collaborating with ideally agents and lenders And other professionals and marketplaces To make a go of this Okay, so that's what we got going on there. All right, what's not working? So the series of the real estate financial planner podcast, it didn't work. I mean, it was maybe it was too generic. I don't know exactly what happened there, but uh, it, the numbers suggested we weren't getting traction on it. And so that was abandoned. It will not be resurrected as of right now. Maybe I'll find something in the future and I'll resurrect it in a different form or test something in a different form, but uh, not immediately. It's definitely not in the agenda for next quarter or two. The live attendees for classes. So Um, I've been doing live classes, but no one is showing up for the live classes. It's really rare for me to get someone on live, but we're getting good traction on the podcast downloads. We're getting good traction on the video recordings. Maybe people have been trained for lack of a better term to just not show up live because they know that they can access the recording and who wants to sit on a recording and be inconvenienced at eight o'clock in the morning, mountain standard time to kind of show up live for something when they could just watch the recording at their leisure later and skim through things and pause things and do whatever they want to do. So I might stop doing live classes because it doesn't really matter. Apparently Uh, no one's showing up live. So uh, don't be surprised if you see me stopping live classes, because that's not working in my opinion. Um, And then I think what else is not working is the differentiation between the different city podcasts. There's too much of the same class content when I know I'd like to do more diversification. I'd like to do more specific city, specific stuff in there. Um, So I want to add custom intros and outros, uh, through all of them, I've got like, I don't know, 100 of the 304 done, maybe a little bit short of that, maybe 90. I want to add even more of those custom intros and outros. I want to add even more custom content where we have uh, experts from those markets come in and talk about those things. We currently do link to the models for the specific city, but I'd like to even do even more of that. I'd like to do more things where we're sharing stuff that is specific to a city um, and do unique audio recordings. And I've got some good ideas for that. It's just a matter of time of getting around to implementing it because it's always up there, but never the most important thing to do, which is tricky. So I do want to get help from those with local market knowledge to be able to improve and verify our numbers and assumptions. I am not an expert on 304 real estate markets. I don't know most of these markets. So if we got an investor or an agent or, you know, someone else who really understands, you know, the prices and rents and and taxes and insurance and everything for those markets, and you see the numbers I'm using, you're like, James, those are off a little bit, you know, reach out to me so that I can update those. And then once I update them in the database, I can rerun all the scenarios and it will update everything. It'll redo all the deal analysis. It'll redo everything. It doesn't redo old classes, but... All the links get updated and everything so that all the analysis is done right. So ideally do that. Uh, what are we testing in the future? So more collaborations. That's kind of where I'm moving toward. Love to do more collaborations, work with agents, lenders, and other professionals. i likely focus more on this after Q2 2023 because right now I'm doing all those serving real estate investor classes and the regular real estate investor classes. And I think I'll have a little bit more time when I'm only teaching one class a day instead of two. So ideally more collaborations, but probably Q3 and on. Uh, Pricing, I'm testing a lot of pricing. So lots of free stuff right now, the podcast, some of the spreadsheets and stuff like that. I want to continue to grow and that may benefit from advertising. You know, one of the things I'd like to do is to grow our podcast listenership and our free Substack subscriber list. And sometimes it helps to be able to have some advertising to pump back into the business to generate more people consuming the content, but someone has to pay for that advertising. Okay, so while I don't need to pull money out of the business to live on, I would prefer to have the business self fund additional growth. And so we want to become more profitable. And so I need to charge something to get more money to come in to have more of an influence and more of an impact and to help more people. And so it's this kind of like thing where Money's got to come from somewhere, and uh, I don't feel like I want to self-fund the advertising part of it. I'm willing to do a lot of my labor for free, and eventually I plan on taking some profit out of this, right? I'm I'm not doing this completely altruistically, but I don't need any money right now, okay? So that's sort of where I am with it. I still need to find that right balance of pricing for Substack and sponsorships, and I don't know where it is, and so you'll see me testing some of that stuff. Okay. So I I did want to just mention like some mental model stuff. So the city-specific real estate investing and the Real Estate Financial Planner Podcast and all the model things, I want to just talk to you about like some different ways that I think about this. So some days, and this changes all the time, it's very fluid, it's not like a hard thing, but some days I think of each individual city podcast almost as if it's its own little rental property, it's its own little individual asset that if I nurture it over time, and I continue to focus on it, and I continue to treat it right and to add value to it and really nurture it, water it, and kind of do the thing there, that eventually that thing could be throwing off, I don't know, 50, 100, $200 a month, right? Like $300 a month, who knows, right? Like It it could be this nice little, little asset that has its own kind of like income coming in associated with it. And so if I've got enough of these, you know, 304 of these, and each one's bringing in, I don't know, 100 or 200 or $300 a month, then that adds up. You know, like you have a, you know, a a, a, a like three hundred and four different cities, and you have a real estate agent or lender in each one, paying I don't know one hundred dollars a month. You know, three hundred times one hundred, if I'm not mistaken, is thirty thousand dollars a month. So that would be a good little business to kind of continue teaching, continue to grow things, reinvest some into growth and to acquisition. You know, maybe pay out a little bit to reward me for showing up and doing all the work and stuff like that. But that's the idea, right? So that's one of the mental models I have for it. I also sometimes think of it as a like done for you podcast service for agents and lenders and other professionals who want to cater to real estate investors, right? I, a lot of times in the serving investors.com podcast, I talk about, you know, start your own podcast, start your own real local real estate investor group. But I realized not everybody is suited to do that. Not everybody wants to spend all that time and effort to do that. And that I sometimes think of like the network of podcasts I have as like a, done for you podcast service where someone could just sort of like slip in and take over the Atlanta or Miami, Florida or Boise, Idaho or whatever it is sort of like business where it's like, hey, you want a podcast for real estate investors? Done. I could add your information to the beginning and end of every podcast episode that we publish in that city and all the ones that are in the future. And so for a small sort of like sponsorship fee, you could consider this like a done for you part of your marketing to find, um, you know, investors and to work with investors and to help investors. And, you know, I'm trying to help agents and lenders, but also help the real estate investors to like learn the best stuff that I can teach them about how to do all this stuff. Okay. Um, Sometimes I, I think of it like a variation on the done for you podcast as like, You know, an agent, lender, other professional just buys advertising on the podcast. And so, and on the like real estate financial planner, city specific pages where like when someone goes, and they're looking at the modeling for Miami, it shows the Miami agent on there. And we can do that. I mean, it's not coded that way, but it's set up so that I can code it that way in the future. And that is something that when I get to that point, we will code it that way so that we will have their contact information. It's just a matter of time and prioritizing that and all that other stuff, okay? Um, And then in the other mental models, I think of this as collaboration opportunities with agents and lenders and other professionals where we're like, hey, look, what what if I just formed really good relationships with 300 agents in one in each market and we have this great network of, of all these guys that are serving real estate investors and we're working with them and we could collaborate and share what's working best and you know, I could refer some business to them. You know, and they can help with updating numbers and they can help by marketing the podcast and getting the, basically helping themselves because they're going to refer back to. Like we could do some really cool networking collaboration things all in a non-directly competing sort of way. And I do think that that's an opportunity. So I just wanted to share some of these mental models of what I'm looking at and what it's there. Uh, and related to that, like I think about doing a lot of these collaborations and how we can work together and stuff. And I just wanted to throw out a really rough first pass list of, what I can share, like what we can share as, you know, the real estate financial planner podcast, stuff like that. So I built that real estate financial planning software that allows us to do analysis and model, not just like a single deal, but you doing an entire strategy and then comparing that strategy to other strategies, or what if I pay off properties early? Like I have this software and modeling thing that we've written. So that's one of the things I could bring to the table if we want to do some collaborations. You know, we've got this whole done for you podcast content, um, you know, like, there is a podcast up that's a year old now and that I've got, you know, content already scheduled out into February of next year. So it's like done for you already just kind of step into what I've already done. So I can also bring that to any type of collaborations we're doing. Um, also turns out I've got a lot of PowerPoint presentations teaching all this stuff because I've been teaching stuff since 2003 and I'm reteaching all the new stuff. So if you are going to go teach classes in your local marketplace, You could sort of lean on a lot of what I've already got with the class presentations I've got if we decide to do some collaborations together. Then I've got a whole bunch of spreadsheets, the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet and the associated city specific modeling I'm doing with that. And I've got this great CapEx spreadsheet and a whole bunch of other spreadsheets we've got. So I got a whole bunch of things related to that that we can kind of bring into any collaboration efforts we do. And then I've got this whole intellectual property thing of the 88 strategies to improve cash flow, including the lowest monthly payment guarantee, which is a trademark term, uh, a maximum cash flow guarantee, which is also another trademark term that we own. And so using these things to improve people that are buying properties in a market that is high prices, high interest rates, and rents are lagging, how can we help them? Be more successful by improving the cash flow they're getting on the rental properties and a whole kind of system around that. And then I got a whole bunch of other unique IP intellectual property, like the nomad strategy, which I own the trademark for, all the return quadrant stuff. I've got like, I don't know, two dozen flavors of that. It seems like uh true cash flow, true net equity, true equity, return on true net equity, price resiliency, rent resiliency, bond-like real estate equity, uh, the cash flow power meter, cash flow from depreciation, deal alchemy. Uh, equity allocation, the ultimate real estate agent retirement plan. So I own a whole bunch of intellectual property that I've created over the years and designed and taught things around that I think is a good, um, I don't know, it's, it's sort of like my dowry. <laughs> if we decide to collaborate together, it's what I'm bringing with me to the table to kind of help you with that. So now, I, now I, I've kind of given you my list of what I think I could bring to the table. You know, what could you benefit from? You know, what could we benefit from? How could you help us in some way? Local market knowledge. I'm not an expert in local markets. So I really could use help with, uh, you know, improving my assumptions so we could rerun our models and have them be more accurate, which is better for you, better for the real estate investors and better for everything overall. So I can help use help with that. Um, Marketing of the specific city podcast and the modeling, you know, growing a specific city's podcast to at least a hundred subscribers, ideally a lot more, but I think a hundred is like my first goal, you know, trying to get each city to have a hundred subscribers and my... When I was doing my podcast for my local real estate market, I think we had 439 subscribers. So, and we're in a really small city, about 100,000 population, maybe, I don't know, 400,000 when you do the whole, you know, multiple cities around us going out pretty wide. Um, So I, I think we can get to 100 in most markets pretty easily uh jv partners for that magical referral experience you'll be able to refer you know to an agent in that marketplace that is great with working with real estate investors that can help them buy houses and uh, help them with market knowledge and investing for the nuances in their city i'm looking for jv partners to do some of that stuff with and then outright sponsors for the city you know you advertise um you on that particular city's podcast on that podcast and the city page Um, exclusivity for you. So you're the only agent now that we're really working with there and provide them with some of our unique IP, you know, the ability to use our spreadsheet branded to you and some of the other kind of tools and trademark stuff we've got. Um, So I think a lot of those things are what we could benefit from and how we might be able to work together. All right, this is the last page. So I just want to share with you kind of my goals looking forward this is where it gets scary for me because this is making predictions in the future and I have no idea what's going to happen, okay? So input and out of You know, there's certain things I have control over. I could show up every day and for the most part, I have control over, can I teach a class? I can't control how many subscribers we get. I can't control how many people listen. There are things I could do that can influence that, but I have no direct control over it, okay? So I hope to teach, record and publish weekly podcast episodes. That's what I'm saying publicly. Now I've been teaching daily, and, you know, to the sub stack, they'll probably be published more frequently. But ideally, this weekly podcast is sort of the measurement I'm doing there. Um, and I can largely control this. as an input goal for me. Um, I may teach more frequently. Uh, I may teach classes. I may go to more of an interview model. I may do, you know, more prep as the classes get harder. I may need to take more time. So I may need to slow down some stuff. Um, so that's really how it might work there. Um, so that's sort of the teach, record, and weekly publish. Now, here's the goal of mine. I'd like to see as like a first step goal to get to hundred subscribers per city podcast. Not paying subscribers, people that are listening to the podcast, hundred people. So as, as a feasibility check for my old Northern Colorado podcast, my podcast software predicts that I'll have 439 downloads within 90 days of uploading a new episode. So that's 439 subscribers in my mind. What I'd like to get to is hundred per city. And my city where I live is really small, you know, about 100,000 population, maybe a little bit more. Okay. So I think we have, we have room to grow these. I'd like to get 100 subscribers for each one of the 304 cities. Now, I realize that the Pareto principle, the 80 20 rule, is probably going to come into play because there will be some cities where we'll have a lot more than 100, and there's somewhere we're going to struggle to get to 100. I get that. But these are free, unpaid subscribers that I'd like to grow to. You know, Dan Kennedy talks about this uh, concept. He had this special report once. We talked about the 10K, 1K, 100, 1 million rule. And I'll briefly describe it. He basically says you want to have 10,000 people who know where you are, know who you are, and when you send out some type of email or notification, a certain number of them react to that. Not, not all, whatever, there are 1,000 or something like that, but there's 10,000 people who kind of know where you are. There's a 1,000 people that have probably bought something from you, and they are existing clients of some form or another, and that they will kind of, you know, work with you again in the future. And then there's 100 people that are sort of like your inner circle that tend to buy most of what you put out there. They're like the hyper consumers. And for having the 10,000 people, the 1000 people, the 100 people, you should be able to generate about a million dollars a year in gross revenue from that business. And so I'd like to get to the point where we have, you know, more than 10,000, but let's say 10,000 is sort of like an intermediate step, 10,000 people that we can get maybe a thousand of them to kind of subscribe to the Substack and support the the mission or whatever it is. And then maybe a hundred of them kind of, you know, buying a property each year from the different podcasts or whatever it is. So this is not per podcast. This is sort of like in aggregate, um, for all the podcasts. So maybe I'm not explaining that well, but we'll talk about that idea in another class. Um, so some podcasts right now have about 10 subscribers and some may not have one. And so we're doing the first year. We're nowhere near where I want to be with hundred subscribers that may take some time. I need to remember to relax, breathe, show up and work every day. And I have seven additional years to do this. I'm not in a, I'm not in a crazy rush. Um, you know, it could be faster, but I don't have to worry about it. It's not like I'm behind or anything like that. Just show up, do all the work I'm supposed to do and hopefully grow this so that we get to that 100 subscribers um, and continue to grow after that. So ideally, once this kind of gets to be fully fleshed out, if you have 100 subscribers per city and we've got 304 cities, then when I teach a new class, we will have 30,000 investors benefit from it. You know, 300 cities times 100 subscribers is 30,000 downloads of that episode when I teach it. So ideally, that's what I'm aiming for. But again, slow roll. Relax, breathe. I'd also like, as a goal, to have one closed referral per year per city podcast. And so I've got these two conflicting goals. One of them is if um, I'm actually don't have a sponsor in that city and I just generate referrals using the magical referral experience that I refer them in, and they end up buying the house, and the real estate agent pays me a referral fee. I'm a real estate broker, so I collect referral fees. Or we have this model where the agent comes in. They say, look, I want to be the exclusive agent here. I want my name to show up on all the podcast episodes. I want them to call me directly. Uh, I don't want to pay any referral fees. I just want to pay a little bit of money in order to be the guy or the gal. Okay. And so these are the two models. So either one closed referral per year per city podcast. Okay. And I have no control over this is sort of like fruits of my labor. It's fruits of putting in the classes, putting in the time, doing that stuff. And as far as a feasibility check goes, The podcast I ran in Northern Colorado, I was a real estate broker. I was doing about 35 to 40 closed real estate transactions per year in my marketplace based on those numbers. So to think that I could get one referral per year per city, I think that's feasible. That's sort of my like gut check. I It may be a lot more than that, maybe less, who knows, but that's the thinking. So for me, when I think about it, I'm like, you know, there's an estimated referral fee of about $2,500. A little bit more in some markets, a little bit less in other markets, but that's you know, you know, know $2,500. I think it's a good round number to use for that. So for 304 cities, if I'm able to get one per year per city, that would be about $760,000 per year in referral fees. So that's sort of like one of the output goals I'm looking to do. Now, we're likely to see Prado's principle here too. We're likely to see more than one referral in certain cities that have really good followings and the ones that were struggling to get to hundred subscribers, I think we're going to see less than that, right? So it's really going to be based on some marketing promotion of that city and how we can grow it and how we can kind of work and collaborate with the real estate agent in that market, make sure we have a superstar that can really help and add value to people. Um, So I think that's going to be part of it. So that's like one version or, or not in addition, but or instead of referrals, one agent, lender, professional per city sponsoring them. So that, that could be, I have no idea. This is the part where I'm not sure what this is worth, but you know, $100 to $1,000 per month. Most likely, I think it's gonna be the $200 per month range. I don't know, but this is sort of like the done for you podcast service um, and all the modeling we're doing and the real estate finance planner and some IP perks. Like it's like really like you're getting that. And as far as a feasibility check goes, you know, what would it cost a real estate agent to pay someone to record and publish a weekly podcast for them? I think at least $50 a week, I think it'd be really hard to get something done for that. So I think that this is probably worth doing that. And if you think about it in terms of like, you know, would you rather pay a referral fee or would you rather pay this? Well, if you're doing referral fees, if you get one deal for the year and you pay $2,500 referral fees, it's the same as if you paid $200 a month, approximately, plus an extra hundred bucks, but that's sort of the, the thought process. So it's really similar numbers. Either someone pays sponsorship and it's 200 bucks a month, or it's a referral fee, and so if they do the you know twenty four hundred dollars per year, two hundred dollars a month, then it's like you know seven hundred and twenty nine thousand six hundred dollars per year in sponsorship fees. If I get all three hundred and four, okay. Now I think those are sort of either or, and I think that there's other revenue opportunities for this thing if we decide to go this way. Um, it may be in addition, or maybe instead of other options, but this very well, uh, you know, might be you know a, a totally separate. Thing where I don't even need to do referrals or or sponsorships or something, but I think you know that substack subscription, people paying to get access to the archive and stuff like that, that very well could be the entire business. You know, right now it's like ten thousand, whatever it is, eight thousand high change per year. That could very well be the entire thing, right? Where I don't worry about referrals, I don't worry about sponsorships, I don't worry about any of that stuff, and I really just focus in on that. So maybe that's the way to go, or you know, hourly consulting. At the end of every episode, we say if you want help, you know, improving your cash flow and rental properties. Reach out to us and we can schedule a 30-minute or 60-minute consultation. And it's just pay for time, you know, it's sort of like CPA. Um, you know, you just pay money and I come in there and I look at your rental property. and We optimize your cash flow and your rental properties using some internal processes and checklists and strategies that we have for doing that. And so maybe that's the model, okay? I probably would hire someone to deliver that service. It probably wouldn't be me. I'm not sure I'm, I'm well-suited for doing that every day, okay? Or maybe we do coaching you know, access to the organized library of the classes that we've already been recording around a theme or topic like buying or selling or refining or real estate financial planning, and maybe group sessions like once a week or once every two weeks where you get on there and you can ask any questions about implementation or anything personal to you. Um, And then I'd prefer investors work with that local agent or lender or professional to get market specific help implementing this because I don't have that specific market knowledge. But the idea is I could offer some type of you know, package for coaching or whatever it is. Or other revenue could be just write and publish or sell more books. I think I've written, I don't know, whatever it is, six books or seven books at this point. I could go write more books and we could publish more of those, and just use this as a, as a tool in order to, you know, help people learn about my books and stuff like that. Or maybe I start selling subscriptions to the Real Estate Financial Planner software And we help people do their own modeling or doing that. You know, I'm open to other opportunities and collaborations, but that's my thinking right now as far as goals go and why I'm putting in the time, even though I'm making zero dollars today. Personally, you know, the the business is funding, largely funding itself. It's a little bit short, but it's largely funding itself. I'm not not having to put in as much as I did, you know, earlier last year, Um, but I think it's going good. So that's what I got to say about that. So that is it. That's all I got. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed this very unusual class and we'll see how the feedback goes with this one. If you like this class, please do tell me. Cause if I, if I don't hear anything from anybody, I'll never do this again. I'll like, won't do another version of this. If you guys tell me, I love that class. I would love to see an update, you know, once a year, at least um, maybe once a quarter where you don't do quite as long, but maybe you just give us, you know, an update of numbers or something like that. I would be happy to do that. But if no one's asking for it, or if it's only like one or two people, there's a lot of work that went into this. And um, I also feel a little bit vulnerable in sometimes sharing some of these numbers. So that's all I got to say about that. Hope you guys have a great weekend. This has been James Orr. Bye-bye for now. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up, and rents up, but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates. Cash flow on rental properties in Norfolk